This is a story about a dude named Lane. Then one day he went and tried to rent them out, and then he became one of the man. Alright everybody, this is October 2020 monthly market update. You guys can find past reports at simplepassivecashflow.com slash investor letter. But let's get going here. We always start off with a little bit of a free Easter egg giveaway. And this month, we've actually got two of them. So I created a right, simplified version of the Miracle Morning for real estate investors, which you guys can go and uh, it's a quick PDF download, change your mornings and achieve your goals. It's a quick read. Uh, to get this, email me at lane at simplepassivecashflow.com. And also, you guys can get a downloadable return on equity tracker. So I, this is what I talk about a lot as one of the most common mistakes real estate investors make where they buy and they never sell. Well, I'm not saying you should sell, but you definitely should be either doing a refinance or a HELOC, at least to be recruiting that equity off. Because you've seen it with turnkey rentals, you can make 30% pretty easily in your first year but that eventually tails off as your, your property gets more and more paid off, your, your property appreciates, the money you make sort of stays the same. Rents typically increase a little bit, but they generally stay the same. But the deployable equity, the denominator, the question of the equation greatly increases. So this makes your return on equity goes down. Sophisticated investors always re-leverage their equity so they keep this return on equity high. Of course, let's not be a bonehead. We have to look at our cash flow levels, but this spreadsheet allows you to figure out where is your lazy equity. You can go and get it at simplepassivecashflow.com slash ROE. So here we are. If you guys want to join our community, go to our Facebook group and you can check us out on, I do these slides in the YouTube channel. And also this is reported for podcast four. Uh, again, it's a simple passive cash flow podcast, been doing it since 2016. First, starting off with a little bit of a teaching point this month is uh, even been looking at refinancing a lot lately, all time lows. And people are always asking, should I get a refinance? But we're always remember, like the lenders are always pushing you to get a refinance and it may not make sense for you. They're, yeah, may, they may call it a no fee refinance, but all they're doing is they're increasing the the rate a little bit to kind of hide those fees. So astute investors know that you need to take into account the rate and fee and see if it makes sense. There's always a crossover point. You need to figure out what that crossover point is. But here's on the screen here, some rules of thumb on a 6%, 5% mortgage and what the payment will be, how much you will save. You know, use that return on equity spreadsheet a lot to figure out maybe you might wanna just dump the asset and sell it and buy two to 10 more houses or three more syndication deals, creating a, like a lot more, maybe three times your cash flow at that point, certainly uh, multiplying your return on equity. Now we're gonna get into the monthly report this month. Some general thoughts on the economy, some takeaways here this past month, encouraging signs of GDP growth. You're seeing some splurge spending, which is a uh, pent up demand. Uh, this is what I think is going to be happening in 2021. I'm generally uh, pretty bullish. I think the people who have got good jobs are looking to spend some money next year, you know, get the heck out of their house. Of course, you know, a lot of people are struggling, but um, yeah, it's unfortunate, right? Like you either have the haves or have nots kind of a situation here. And then the pandemic definitely uh, progressed that full forward and different asset classes getting impacted very, very differently 
and we'll go into this this report we'll also have uh, i'm going to be doing a little bit of a breakdown for different asset classes like office space mobile home parks retail uh, multifamily, of course and when we're talking about the real estate uh, sector you, know, you have different asset classes and within each of those sub asset classes are well as sub asset classes where you're talking about different types of office or different types of areas different types of a class b class and you can break it down from there so a lot of news articles they are very broad right because most people don't dig into this stuff but my hope is to educate you guys to a point where you can kind of read between the lines and just know all the nuances at the very least we're not just going to read the headline right i'm going to always I'm getting into a point of reading the whole article and picking out the, the one line in that article that's really important that maybe may or may not align with the headline, the clickbait. One of the, the uh, quotes that came out of the, the ITR report that I you know, refer to a lot is, if you wait for the macro economy to enter a full-fledged recovery, you will fall behind the curve. And the ITR report is a paid report that I pay for. And it is uh, one of those that I think it's a great resource if you guys are looking to get away from the mainstream media, which I think is a lot of garbage. That's something to to go and subscribe to. Also, the, the Richard Duncan is another great resource. If you guys can learn more about that one in simplepassivecastrol.com slash Duncan. But a bunch of threats to watch, like the onset of the flu season, month-to-month -month momentum in total retail sales, what's the Fed's doing, oil prices, and... Something I've, I've always watched is U.S. intermodal rail traffic because I worked for one of the four major railroads for about seven years. They are definitely a leading indicator in what goods and services, like what goods are, are being moved on the rails, especially the raw materials like the lumber. They, they're a precursor to when the, the raw materials need to be first before it gets put into service several months later. So there's some jitters there in the first half of September, uncertainty regarding unemployment benefits as the next stimulus fund is working its way through the system. There's always going to be risks, right? How else do you get people to watch the news? If there were no risks, nobody would ever watch the news and you wouldn't have any advertisers on there. But from my syndicator point of view, talking to some of my peers, you hear a lot of rumblings about stimulus burning off. I would say we're, we're not too concerned about that, especially if you're in a good stable market, certainly away from the states. We were much more worried about the April, May 2020 collections, first, the first stage of the COVID coming out, how that was going to happen. Pulling up the Yardi matrix, one of the great data uh, sources out there in their August 2020 report, they showed that multifamily rents increased by a dollar in August. However, year-over-year basis, national rates declined by 0.3%. And whenever you read this, you got to take it with a grain of salt, right? Like they're combining markets that I would never invest in. Well, I'm not going to say never, but markets like San Francisco, Seattle, New York. The lifestyle asset class continues to be hit the hardest. And lifestyle asset class is the, the luxury stuff. Again, stuff we don't invest in. We invest in what they call a renter by necessity. So that is, as the name implies, you're renting because you need to, because you can't afford anything else. So that's what we like to invest in to provide good quality housing for those folks. So they held up well since the beginning of the pandemic, since the Yardie report, with only eight of the top 30 market experienced negative rent growth in August. And also, the Bay Area is dying.
been investing with AHP since 2017 to buy distressed mortgages and discounts to offer struggling families sustainable solutions to stay in their homes. When homes were vacant, AHP recognized that lenders frequently struggled as they tried to limit their losses. That's why owner George Dewberry founded Pre-REO, a platform that gets these vacant properties into the hands of local investors like us during the foreclosure process, which mitigates losses to lenders and accelerates returns for investors. A win-win. I'm very excited about this platform that connects local investors with court-appointed receivers in their area to cost-effectively repair, lease, and maintain and rent vacant homes during the foreclosure process and ultimately make a profit. I've been checking out local properties here in Hawaii and I think it's a great way to finally pick up my home to live in, even though I think homes to buy aren't probably the best. You can learn more about Pre-REO by going to simplepassivecashflow.com slash Pre-REO. I think a lot of people are running over to the Sacramento part of the Bay. So you're seeing some uptick in prices there. But yeah, people have finally got the, the that great second reason to get the heck out of this this the overpriced city of San Francisco and the Bay Area. Again, the first was just generally it was too expensive, but now close quarters and a lot of social events are happening. It doesn't make any sense. Why stay? And why a lot of the tech employers there are allowing their employees to go to sometimes even the next summer to work remotely. Now, I will caveat saying that not all offices out of business. If you look at all the, the places that aren't tech hubs where you can re remote work, you know, you're seeing that a lot of those events kind of kind of strange strong. And I think all of us agree is when maybe not us listening, but definitely in amongst our peers, there's varying levels of productivity. I think generally we would say that, yeah, the office is not going away. But let's start at the top, multifamily, since that's usually the feeder that everybody starts out with a single family home. So they typically move to multifamily, not saying multifamily is the best asset class, but it is a great starting point. And that is where we will begin. Business now reports that class B assets are the sweet spot in multifamily right now. And they are citing the showcase in resiliency during an economic downturn. RE Business Online, reports from Marcus and Millichap that multifamily fundamentals progress as government assistance waves. It's a kind of a gloomish type of headline article, but hey, I actually read the thing here and I pulled out this where they're saying July 2020 available supply dropped to the lowest point since 1982, meaning not everyone wanted to make the leap into home ownership can do so. So a lot of people with the rates low we saw, we did see a lot of in our more higher end apartments, people opting to go and buy a part, uh, buy a place to live in and moved out. So we had a little bit of turnover for the, that. Uh, obviously that's not happening in the B class and the C class type of stuff, more in the B plus, A minus type of stuff. But getting back to the article, for this reason, Marcus and Millichap believes class A garden style suburban rentals with larger square footage and ample outdoor space will benefit in the future. RA Business also reports that U.S. economy adds 1.4 million jobs in August, and now unemployment rates return to single digits. So I think we had like negative, yeah. I mean, it was just a bloodbath in March and April, which made sense because we shut down the, the country, but it does seem like we are coming back. Unemployment rate dropped from 10%, 10.2% to 8%. 
last month. Commercial property executive reports. And now we're starting to go into some different asset classes, right? So you can see how things are recovering amongst different asset classes. And you as an investor takes this into account. I take the standpoint of, I'd like to be diversified in all asset classes for at least being able to learn and to know what deals to go into so that when, when the world eventually changes every three years, we kind of move from that one asset class to another. So Blackstone, which is that big um, fund out there and which I call smart money, they just bought almost like half a billion dollars of mobile home park assets. So uh, they're a buyer of mobile home parks. Probably because mobile home parks, if you've ever been to uh, to one, not, they're not trailer parks, right? They're, these are pretty nice places to live. They, they, they're cheaper um, and they are good for people who enjoy their space, right? So they're very pandemic friendly. Dallas developer from the Business Journal reports that the pandemic has slowed demand for luxury high-rise apartments. Most of us will say, yeah, no, well, no duck. <laughs> Commercial property executive. Now we're talking about office space here. Recreating the office for an foreseeable future. So talking about some trends that you're seeing in office. I think a lot of us, especially it seems like a big part of my community lives in the West Coast and we're predominantly seeing what's happening in San Francisco, Seattle. You just got to remember that those are predominantly tech type of um, industry that are using that office, which is not the case in the rest of the country. So some office space needs to be decreased, they, they say in this article, but some firms are, and I quote, twice as much space for social distancing is being used. So a firm will double down. There's maybe somebody went out of business not using a space, so they, they are requiring more space that they can adequately equip their employees with the space needed to socially distance. I would say a lot of other places other than tech hubs are realizing that their employees are really useless when they stay at home and they play with their cat all day long while they're supposed to be doing work. Definitely uh, talking to another recent investor saying, brought up another point that we don't have that mentorship. You don't have that that transmission of knowledge from senior employees down to junior employees. I mean, just imagine if you were coming out of college and your first day at the job was, well, back at your house. That ain't good at all. I think this whole trend is pretty temporary. But I also have the five, where are they building stuff, right? So Manhattan, Chicago, Boston, Los Angeles, Washington, D.C. is where the new inventory is happening. Here are where your tech, your we call them the Zoom communities because of the reliance on Zoom or just working from home. Starting at the top, San Jose, San Francisco, Los Angeles, San Diego, Denver, Salt Lake, Seattle, Portland, Sacramento, all those are West Coast tech hub cities. And not until we get to the eighth or ninth position do we see Boston, Austin, Washington, D.C., New York, Phoenix, Minneapolis, St. Paul. So what we're seeing in these, those are the top areas where most people are telecommuting. Um, again, you don't, a lot of tech hubs again, just pointing that out. Multi-housing news reports American landmark Denzer begins Orlando developments. Now we're talking about hotel stuff, like tourism type of stuff. So 
I don't know too much about hotels and leisure and like the high end stuff like that. One, I, I know that it's very, it does really well at good times. People were flying high with their short term rentals, but depending where you are, you could be shut down. Another uh, article with Blackstone, right? The smart money guys. So Black, Wall Street Journal reports that Blackstone is ready to lend after raising record property debt fund. So they are ready to get after it, which shows the smart money is acquiring. I mean, Blackstone, they just bought that half a billion dollars of mobile home parks. Now they're loading up to be going after more properties. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, right? Why is the smart money doing this? But why is everybody having the same line of, oh, I want to see how, I want to see a vaccine first, or I'm uncertain, or I want to see who wins the election. Just making the observation, commercial property executive reports that mall giant strikes a $80 million deal for JCPenney. So Simon Group, the, the mall is buying JCPenney. And most of us know that JCPenney isn't the cleanest place to the shop. And I don't, I'm not a big fan of commercial retail storefront type of stuff, or certainly not malls. I think that they are slowly going away. I don't think e-commerce is here to take them out in the next five years, but I think it's a, a lowering trend. It's just like how I don't think people are going to use ATMs anymore. I just generally don't agree with that, that kind of usage. Um, but I like this. This article is cool because it's like people make, make money. Real investors invest when there's blood in the streets. And who would have thought buying a JCPenney? But I, I hope Simon does really good with it, right? I mean, that's when people talk a lot about like all these guys not paying taxes. Well, they're the guys who invested the year or two before I put in when they put in extra funds to be able to deduct in the next tax year, right? They kind of deserve deserve the tax funds because they're the ones putting the reinvestment when most of the country are just sitting around waiting. A couple articles here on a couple asset classes we don't talk about too much. Senior housing, REITs take stock amongst famine turbulence. Not things aren't going too well in senior housing. Maybe because if you have a senior housing, you're probably stricken with operational costs, having to wash things every 50 seconds or I don't know, whatever, right? I mean, there's just more operational costs. And people think, people ask me all the time what I think about assisted living. I think it's great. Silver Wave is coming, but it's not a real estate investment. It's a business. It's no different than investing in a, a Burger King or some other franchise. I kind of stay out of that type of stuff, operational businesses. Preferred apartment communities exit student housing markets. So you have a big week trying to unload some of their apartment communities for student housing. And again, student housing, I never liked it. I just never really like catering to one little cohort such as students. Um, I would, I prefer to go after workforce housing because that's the largest competition. So the message here is to stick to the basics. And uh, the last asset class I'm kind of talking about today is if you've been watching like a lot of TV, maybe you've been seeing the new Dave and Buster's commercial, which I think is probably my pick of the year for best advertisements on TV, but they have this like Asian girl who is a really good actor. She portrays herself as having a very low self-esteem 
So she does that dance, dance revolution game. Every time she does a great step, she's like, it goes like perfect, perfect, which um, makes you kind of want to go to Dave and Buster's and play around and play some video games. But apparently they're spending all that money on advertising to get me to do that because Dave and Buster's reports 85% drop in quarterly revenue flirts with bankruptcy. <laughs> so I don't know, maybe the, the advertisements just uh, uh, last ditch effort. Or maybe it's just a really good commercial and it got my attention. For those of you guys watching on the YouTube channel, I have a 3D map from howmuch.net of the U.S. cities with the highest economic output. And it's kind of a cool 3D map with a bunch of cones and each cone represents how much money is being generated there. And uh, of course, New York, Boston are kind of the financial centers, but uh, some of the surprising ones, well, Chicago's there too, Los Angeles is there too. I think surprisingly is uh, San Francisco is really not that big. It was only half of uh, 549 billion, where Los Angeles is $1 trillion. Houston is half a billion dollars, and Dallas is half a billion dollars, which is equivalent of San Francisco. Not not saying that these are you know the places you want to invest, but sometimes you just have to look where the money is going. Housing Wire reports that the Fed expects low rates to through the year 2023, and I think we've seen pretty much rock bottom rates for the last almost like five six months now. So they released a statement Wednesday uh, where all 17 members of the FOMAC which stands for the Federal Open Market Committee. They said that they expect to keep the central bank's bank benchmark rate near zero at least through next year, and 13 estimated it would stay there through 2023. A little bit of a pop culture here. So T.I., the rapper, I think he went to jail for a little bit a few years back, but now he's back out, and he's urging people to ditch the Cartier, out of Cartier watches and Louis Vuitton sway to buy property instead. Now, I don't know if he's talking about like real estate for rentals or just buying it, but we were, he's saying we were, actually he has a kind of a cool voice. So I'm gonna tell it in my TI voice. We were just in a studio having a discussion. I just felt the need to, sh actually that's not very good. So it says that it's just need to share it. He says in the clip, all y'all getting that money from the government Ain't no more Cartiers and ain't no more Louis Vuittons. You got to get some property, please. Please, y'all, go get some property. So listen to TI, get some property, lower interest rates. If you guys are looking for your first rental property, turnkey rental, remote rentals, we got the group for that. That's the Remote Investor Incubator. And you can also check out the e-course if you just want to study alone, I guess. Simplepassivecashflow.com slash incubator. And if you guys are more of a credit investor, want to build your network with other credit investors to stay close to the in crowd, to know who to work with, what to do, how do you do your taxes, go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash journey and apply for our group there. This is the part where I go over my little personal updates this past month. And I'm always trying to improve myself. And the first one is growth. So I found this little article here that I tried to apply my, this month. It's from an episode or love it or leave it. 
first first tip here is being compassionate towards yourself. It's okay to not be okay. And I think uh, I put this in here because with the whole pandemic, there's a lot of people out there having a hard time, you know, especially the extroverts, right? They want to be out there talking to people, shaking hands, hugging people. Maybe the introvert out there are happy clans. Maybe they're not, they never know. But uh, yeah, just being more compassionate towards one another. Tip number two, develop a routine. Engage with certain anchor points or actions throughout the day to help ground you. Um, sometimes it's, uh, I make myself go crazy. I feel like every day is the same. I get up, I check my email, I do the same thing. Uh, I like routine. Number three, consume media that helps detach, helps you detach from reality, take a break from what is overwhelming you. It's okay to distract yourself. I think unfortunately people do this a little bit too much. It's uh, I think this one is assuming that this is a minority part of your day. Number four, solve problems in your everyday life. Doing this can help remove small barriers that can add up and increase in the feeling of overwhelm. So what I personally do is once a week, I kind of take inventory of my bigger projects that I have. And likely I have, it's probably been on my list for two or three weeks at that point. And I try and break it down into a little step. So try that out, see how that works. Uh, number five, be grateful for the things that you have. It can lift your spirits and the spirits of those who receive gratitude. And gratitude, if you Google that term and you look for all these articles on it, it is definitely one of those hacks out there where it can just change your mood and outlook instantaneously. Share how you are struggling. So everyone is struggling in some way or another. Suffering is universal and reach out to other people and maybe they can empathize with you. Uh, or maybe you might find somebody who's struggling even more and you can help them. I think you are, you guys aren't alone. That's how we stress community in our group. And yeah, uh, I'm a little wary of saying, yeah, if you need something, let me know. But uh, yeah, reach out to your circle of friends, right? I mean, or, and I think reach out to people in your circle, see if anything is going wrong and just prod and poke a little bit. So my way I got contribution, we have over 350 investors in the investor club and hopefully i feel like they are all on the road to financial freedom investing in real assets where they know the people they're working with and not getting uh, screwed over by retail investments that ultimately just make wall street rich how am i going to get after significance this month well i've been typed i've been trying to be like simon properties and trying to buy be a little bit of a contrary investor I'm not buying JCPenney. I wouldn't be that personally. But I am looking to, to invest in things that are definitely, I think if people hear about it, they uh, definitely are going to have a knee-jerk reaction. For those who are closer to me in my community, certainly in my mastermind group, reach out. I shall explain. Some big things come in ahead. A little bit of uncertainty. How did I get a little bit of spice in my life. Well, I joined a second mastermind currently in a real estate mastermind uh, called The Collective Genius, where I kind of rub shoulders with a lot of high-performing real estate investors and operators. But I've joined a second mastermind that is more of an entrepreneurial. It's a, it's a digital online mastermind. Um, a lot of high performers, really cool. I actually got a really, a lot of good ideas to have my next mastermind, which 
We are looking to have it in January. I'm still on the fence a little bit if we're going to have it with all that is happening in Hawaii and how you know, people are generally a little bit conservative out here and we are a little bit behind the rest of the US mainland in terms of Corona cases. But I got a lot of really original ideas and creative ways to use that same platform. It takes a little bit of planning, but I kind of think I can make a better event virtually than online. How did I get a little bit more certainty in my life? Uh, well, during that mastermind, we had uh, Derek Sivers gave the keynote. And one quote that came out of it was scarcity comes clarity. So I think a lot of people suffer from uh, abundance of choices. And maybe I did that in the last 30 minutes where I overwhelmed you with multifamily, assisted living, David Buster's office, retail. I know I'm missing some, but yes, so many choices to invest in. This is very synonymous with Malcolm Gladwell's the book, The Paradox of Choice. The more choices you have, the more unhappy you are. When things are simple, you feel like you've made the right choice and, and whether you make the right choice or not, you're happier. So I think in terms of investing, just try and find deals that cash flow that are in good areas. That's my thesis these days. Uh, and lock it up with good debt that will be your friend when inflation inflation ultimately comes. But I just try and keep things simple and uh, look at one thing at a time. A lot of investors get overloaded with choices. Pick one and go deep. Don't be one of those investors that just kind of looks at MSA data or, oh yeah, in, in industrial properties are good or office space is bad or multifamily is good. You got to dig a little bit deep. And I think the only way to do that is to grow your network around you. I was just talking with a bunch of family offices today. It's amazing how differently they think than the average person. It's not like they're smarter. It's just they're more connected and they, they just are around and just their circle of people is so much more different. How did I get a little bit loving connection this month? Well, I didn't. I made a stride in that, that direction and I bought myself a pool table because pool table is the, the watering hole of people. People like to gather around the pool table. So if I get it, I, hopefully people will come and play pool with me and hang out and be my friend. So new podcasts and articles uh, that we released this month uh, had George with AHP talking about pre-REO. We had Russell Gray talking about how to hedge against the recession, talked about the, you know, how inflation is coming. I had a few short videos on, do I use a 15-year mortgage or a 30-year mortgage? Those are all in the YouTube channel. We brought David Brizzle to talk about cost segregation. It's a nice little hack there, but possibly doing that with your home you live in, moving out and moving back in. Talk to your CPA on that one, but uh, yeah, let's, Getting creative there. I like it. I found this neat little card, the X1 credit card, that's supposed to give you four X uh, reward points. And uh, how to live a fulfilling life, a little bit more uh, type of podcast. But uh, yeah, try and sprinkle those in every once in a while. If you guys are looking for more, got a good topic for the podcast, let me know. Some resistance and barriers and noise for ask for you guys to help me out. I've been frustrated. I can't travel. I, used, I was used to going at least six trips a year, maybe seven or eight trips a year, at least six for like business to check out properties. But this year I'm grounded. But by the time you guys probably listen to this, I uh, may 
I will be making a trip out to Cleveland and Houston. Hopefully, I can meet a lot of you guys there. Doodads, I put this in here because if you're going to buy something, damn it, call it a doodad. Call it a waste of money. And the thing I bought this this month was a very expensive Frumlings slow juicer. And this thing is pretty cool. You can put like big carrots and whatever into it. It just juices the heck out of it. I was spending like, I think like 40, 50 bucks a month on those pre-made juices. So I was spending a lot of money on that. So I figured I was just do it myself. And it's actually pretty fun. I don't know. It's kind of like an adult coloring book, Zen type of activity to make juice and then health is wealth, right? So I figure it's a good investment. And then also kind of getting into uh, more gardening these days. So I have like a worm farm. So this is like a, uh, a pump where you put like the worm droppings into a, a bucket and then you aerate it and then it becomes like the world's best organic fertilizer. This thing is a, a little object that you stick like bottles in and then you can go on a trip and your plants won't die because you didn't water it. But I like gardening. But yeah, so just wrapping up here, just a reminder that the Easter egg, go and grab it. It's the miracle morning for real estate investors. Email me at lane at simplepassivecashflow.com. And also don't forget the return on equity tracker, simplepassivecashflow.com slash ROD. You guys can get access to this and more at simplepassivecashflow.com slash club. Those are our club members. And uh, remember, I'm not giving any tax legal advice here. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. This website offers very general information concerning real estate for investment purposes. Every investor situation is unique. Always seek the services of licensed third-party appraisers and inspectors to verify the value and condition of any property you intend to purchase. Use the services of professional title and escrow companies and licensed tax, investment, and or legal advisor before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed as in every investment there is risk. The content found here is just my opinion and things change and I reserve the right to change my mind. Above all else, do your own analysis and think for yourself because in the end, you are the only person who is going to look out for your best interests.